Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe. On the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 22nd episode of The Edge of Every Day here on talkradio.nyc. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or of course you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com, and please tune in to any of my previous episodes with my inspiring guests. In a nutshell, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we're resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and in our understandings, both in ourselves and in the world around us, those places we don't want to look. We live in turbulent times, and we are coming to understand that life isn't simply black or white. It must be an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So, thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, it's time to introduce our guest this evening. Who's that? Sam Leibowitz, known as the Conscious Consultant, is a mentor, coach, speaker, healer, serial entrepreneur, and author of the number one best-selling book, Everyday Awakening. He has been in business since 1993 and has owned several successful businesses. His current ventures include The Conscious Consultant, a coaching and mentoring service which promotes sensible and ethical, moral, and conscious ways to build careers and businesses. Talking Alternative Broadcasting, a.k.a. TalkRadio.nyc, an internet radio station which reaches over 120 countries and 300,000 listeners worldwide and Double Diamond Wellness, a healing center in the heart of Manhattan. In these various roles, Sam has inspired hundreds of people to live a life that is happier, healthier, and more fulfilled. Sam has lectured in several venues in New York City, including being a featured speaker at TEDx Upper West Side in 2016. Hello and welcome, fearless leader. Sam Leibowitz. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sandra, my edgy, edgy host. Thank you for having me on your show today. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I'm so grateful for you popping in and speaking, my pleasure. Of, speaking of edgy. I laughed so hard when I read Serial Entrepreneur. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds so mysterious and dangerous and edgy. What's that about, <laughs> Sam? What's I get bored easily. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the truth is, out of all the businesses I've done in the past, I've stuck with this the longest. Like, I've, the station yeah. now, I've been running it for 12 years. I've never done anything for 12 years in my life, except maybe wow. go to school. That's about it. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I, 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 I'd love to jump in with how you and I met. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, we, we, we met the, the lovely um, way most folks uh, meet, particularly in the business world and in social media and on LinkedIn. Yeah. Which I was so grateful to, you know, I 
as somebody who dances around, had danced around really um, building my business, I finally decided that I had to revisit my LinkedIn. I hadn't touched it in like 10 years. I remember telling you this. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. about a year before you and I met, I went in and updated everything and cleaned it all up and just said, what are you doing, Sandra? Get that thing going. And bang, I met you and saw that you had your podcast Mm -hmm. and we set up a time to talk. Yes, we did. Because yeah. uh, I, I did you reach? Did you connect with me, or I connected with you initially? I th- it was you. You connected with me first, yeah. Because I think you came up as like a, a, a possible connection, or we had some people in common. Oh right. And I looked, and I looked at your profile. I go, oh, this is the kind of person I like. This is like she's she's uh, an interfaith minister. She does song and dance, and she's kind of spiritual. Oh, let, let me check this lady out kind of like you a multi-hyphenate all of these different things so we set up a conversation and um and and talked about podcasting Mm -hmm. and this was in 2020 and this was at the the beginning of covid yes and was just when you know part of the cleaning up of linkedin was around the time of you know enhancing i should say linkedin was right. because covid demanded it right because so much of the other work for everyone who were performers and and also all of my weddings got yanked out from underneath me hmm. so and, and it's also kind of in a way serendipitous because before the lockdown we only did our shows in studio you know, we have that small we had that small studio on 38th street and we'd moved it a couple of times and everyone was local everyone was in person because i just felt like i couldn't get the same quality of sound doing it virtually or at a distance that we could in studio which still it's not quite quite as good but it's good enough you know things have changed and so well, people um people have educated themselves they yeah yeah. And, and, and so if, if we hadn't gone virtual and hadn't uh, had the ability for people to do it remotely, you probably wouldn't even be on the station right now. That's true. Cause I completely rented out my Harlem apartment and was full time up in the Catskills. But now we have hosts on talk radio now from around the world. Yep. We sure do. We have people from as far away as London, England, all the way to Sydney, Australia. It was so funny. Graham, who does the show right before you, The Mind Behind Leadership, when I met him, he was in New York. He was a referral from a a former host, uh, Jeff Goodman. Mm. Well, forever be thankful for. And, and, And Graham was doing his show and he really loved it. And then he had an opportunity after the pandemic, after the lockdown to um, work with Dale Carnegie in Australia. And he said, oh, I'm just going to go out there for a couple of months, three, four months the most, and then I'll come back, but I want to keep the show going. I'm like, okay, Graham, great. He gets out to Australia. He's like in a month in, in quarantine in his hotel room. He finally gets out. He starts working with them. They love him. And that three or four months has now been like a year and a half. And he'll probably be out there at least three or four years, if not longer. Wow. That's wow. And yet we get to enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But Back to the understanding of and how wonderful you were in planting the seed for me mm. to to um, embark on this because, you know, I at the time was a, a, a sparkle inside, but you really helped me move out, well, move a little bit out of, you know, do we really need another podcaster? Mm. Uh, it, which was the, the stance that I took. And, and, and we all know that that's just another way of hiding. Yes. Um, um, and, but, of course, all of my friends gave me fantastic um, uplifting advice like I would have given. You know, you have a perspective and a voice that needs to be heard, and the people that will listen to you will come and listen to you. Right. But it took me a while. And you had me on um, Georgianne Dow's show. Yes, yes. And whose space I'm in right now, um, lo- I just so enjoyed her. And you'll be interested to know that her co-host, Judy Miller, mm-hmm. shout out to Judy, Judy Miller, 
yeah. is going to be on my show on Monday the 25th. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, it'll be good Fantastic. to see her again. Fantastic lady. Yes, yeah. yeah, Judy's wonderful. You know, I do want to I do want to just mention one thing because we talk a lot about podcasting because that's the terminology most people are familiar with. But what we actually do is not podcasting. It's internet radio. Yes. And I'd like to make this distinction because it's an important distinction because we do our shows live. We're live right now. I mean, you might be listening to the recording afterwards or the rerun afterwards, but at the moment we're doing the show, we're live now. And I got my eye on the Facebook and I see Richard Skipper already checked Yay! in. Happy Monday. Um, Hello, Richard but, Skipper. Happy Monday but, to you too. Another fantastic mm-hmm. podcaster, I might add. Ah, okay. So that live aspect is something that's somewhat unique to us. There are a few internet radio stations out there, but not as many as there used to be. And I was really quite surprised one day because I just happened to go and I was checking out. I go, oh, I wonder whatever happened to this network or that network. And to my surprise, because I hadn't looked at them in like five years or so, they, they're not broadcasting anymore. They're out of business. I'm like, wow. And, and and so what we do is a little bit unique. Now, it includes podcasting because, right. of course, we take the recordings of the live and we it's put it out. edge of every day. It's a hybrid. Yeah. So, but, but I, I just want to make that distinction distinction because we're doing the show live. It's not getting edited. I mean, you know, of course a little bit, but, but in, in, you know, post-production, but for the most part, this is not edited. This is live radio. It's just, you know, you're not going to tune in on the dial and find us on your radio station. You're going to find us online. Right. And so that's a, a bit of a distinction that I really like to make because it's easy to kind of just fall into that. Oh, it's a podcast. No, it's not right. just a podcast. It's a radio show that includes a podcast. Absolutely. And let's tell our listeners where this, where you can hear talkradio.nyc. It live streams on Facebook. It right. Is, is on, it's also on iHeartRadio. It's on mm-hmm. Pandora which mm-hmm. I just learned. I did not know that, Sam. Well, well again, the not the whole station. It's, it's individual shows are on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the main ways you can see it, you can listen to us online uh, um, through our website, through the, through the audio. There's also several phone apps that we're listed in, like TuneIn.com is a big one. A lot of people know TuneIn. So if ah. you search for Talking Alternative or, or Talk Radio NYC on TuneIn, you'll find um, the player in there that connects to our live stream. There's also another phone app called Radio Alarm, which is more used internationally. We get a lot of international listeners from it. Um, and, you know, believe it or not, we used to be listed back in iTunes in an old iteration of Apple Podcasts when it was iTunes. They actually had a section in the app for internet radio stations. We were listed there as an internet radio station. Now, I don't know what they ever did with that, um, but I bet you somewhere, if you dig through Apple Podcasts or you dig through, you know, apple.com, you can find probably Apple Radio or something and you'll find us there as well. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Always a learning process, this this talkradio.nyc, a delicious learning process for me. And Mm. that's a perfect place for us to take a break. And when we come back, but before we take a quick break, I do want to follow up with Richard Skipper Celebrates is the name of my friend's podcast. Uh. I want to give him a really good plug. Richard Skipper Celebrates. Uh, You can find his YouTube channel. Sign up for it. He's a fantastic... Uh, interviewer and uh, a lovely friend Mm. so when we come back on the edge of every day with our our fearless leader sam Leibowitz, (laughs) we're going to talk we're going to continue talking about all things podcasting but we're also going to dive into the dance that he does between his entrepreneurship and his spirituality so stay Mm. tuned on the edge of every day when we come back Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. with Sam Leibowitz on the edge of every day. And so, Sam, uh, I love that you, like me, this, this I, I find love this about you when I read about you, that you wear all of these different hats. Uh, you are a, what we call nowadays, the young people say, a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> I never understood that term. I mean, what do you mean multi-hyphenate? And then I got it. Oh, dash, dash, dash. Right? Yes. All of these these wonderful things, all at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. But yes. um, you're an edge walker. You walk the edges of a bunch of communities, the business community. That's what I call myself, and that's how I like to think of the many ways of hybriding the work that we mm. do, because it's all connected. And... So I'd like to focus in on your the relationship between business and spirituality in much the same way that, you know, I bridge performing with spirituality. And by the way, I use the term edgewalker specifically. I had been using that term edgewalker, pushing the boundaries of the systems that we find ourselves in. But there's actually, I have found out, an organization called edgewalkers.org. Oh, yeah, unbelievably, it's there's and there's a profile of the people that are that see themselves as edge walkers, and I have spoken with the woman who is um, that runs that organization and booked her on the show, Judy. Neal. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Edgewalkers, yeah. dot org, uh, yeah. That's coming yeah. up in June, I believe. You know, it's funny because I never really thought of myself as an edge walker. Because to me, everything I do is related in some way. It's all connected. It all kind of, it's just different branches of the tree. And, and, and for me, like bridging spirituality and business, it just kind of came naturally probably about 15 or so years ago when I came out as the conscious consultant. Uh, because before then, I was a business consultant. I was a coach. I was a mentor. I, I helped people with their businesses. I helped people to start business. I helped people to go from being an employee to being consultants or, or being business owners. And so what happened was that I would just, I'd started taking all these sort of um, uh, healing workshops. You know, I kind of got back into personal development, uh, you know, AKA, uh, you know, Tony Robbins stuff and mm-hmm. all, all that great stuff and met wonderful people and and uh, you know i'd see someone present and and my wife i have to give a lot of kudos to my wife because she was very open and she would come with me to these workshops every weekend I'm like oh i saw this guy present about you know some new healing method you want to go tr- tr- check it out with me and she goes okay and we'd go and we'd learn this thing and i learned one after another after another and i didn't like go to these things because i ever in a million years thought i was a healer 
to me, it was just for my own healing because I'd been through some very difficult times mm-hmm. when I was younger and it was Can more... Can you give just, some specifics of these healing modalities? Uh, I started off with something called the Sedona Method, mm. um, uh, which was created by... I forget his name, but the guy who I studied with, his name's David Elsey. He's really wonderful. Uh, Hal Doskin, I think, was his name. Then uh, The Journey with Brandon Bays. Then um, uh, um, I learned Reiki. I got initiated. I became a Reiki master. Learned magnified healing, theta healing, celestial light healing, mm. uh, all kinds of different things. Uh, but then I learned, I was in this one workshop, and 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 it was a very intuitive kind of modality. And and the instructor, who was an amazing healer, who created this amazing modality, this guy, Cam Ewan, who was like a, 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 a you know, both a rocket scientist and a martial arts expert. He was the executive, he was the technical wow. uh, advisor on the original Kung Fu TV series and worked with David Carantine, David Carradine about you know all the Kung Fu moves and stuff. And so he's teaching this method that he came up with and, and like most, and he was a lousy teacher. He was a great healer, but a lousy teacher. <laughs> and, and so like most workshops, you know, they, they give you some history about it. Like this guy, he just read through his book, but what I'd learned afterwards, what I finally figured out was it wasn't about what he was saying. He was actually doing energy work on everybody during the workshop to make you strong for getting it. So the second day, after lunch, he would he was, you know, seeing a private client or something. And so his assistant said, oh, we'd like some people to come up and demonstrate it. Who, who would like to be worked on? And people raised their hands. She picked on this one young woman and she was like, oh, I'm all congested. I feel like I'm about to come down with the flu. I'd really love someone to work on me. And so then she was like, okay, who would like to try the method on them? And I'm like in the back of the room, my hands way up high. Yeah, yeah, I want because I like me, I, pick me. I think I got it, but you know, I really want to, you know, get some feedback. And not too many people raised their hands. So she was like, okay, you in the back, why don't you come up? And I'm like, okay, yes. And so I get up there and I work with her with the method. And after like not more than five minutes, I'm I'm doing the corrections, whatever. And I look at her and I'm like, okay, so how do you feel now? And she goes, Oh my God, I can breathe. I go, Oh, that's good. She goes, no, 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 no. Listen, she takes this deep breath. <sighs> you hear that? And I go, yeah. She goes, there's no congestion. I go, Oh, that's really good. She goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I've had chronic bronchitis since I was six years old in South Africa. I've been able to breathe like this since I was a little girl. And I was like, Oh, 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 wait a minute. And like the light bulb went off. It's like, Oh, this isn't just for me to help myself. Like, I can actually use this to help other people. And then I was like, what do I do with this? I'm a business guy. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business. What do you do with this? And it, it took a little bit, but then kind of it just intuitively came to me. Well, you're still a consultant. You're just a different kind of consultant. And thus the conscious consultant was born. And I still consult and I still work with people, but I work from a very different angle, a very different perspective where for me, I look for people's energetic patterns. I look for where there's energy that's not flowing right. I'd look for, you know, where are they repeating a certain something in their life that could go back to the time they were five years old. And by just even bringing more awareness and shining a light on that pattern, suddenly they don't have a problem with their coworkers or suddenly they're able to, to, to work with their manager and, and things are, are like much easier for them. It's, it's just amazing when you shift to a more, to me, it's, I consider it a more fundamental level. You can really make some powerful, powerful shifts in your life. Oh my goodness. Yes. So is any, is this, um, are you sensing this energy? Are you reading this energy? Are you seeing this energy? Is it hands-on work? Is it a combination of that sort of thing? Well, well what happened is I learned so many different modalities. I kind of... Came up with your own. Yeah, distilled it down to sort of two distinct methods. One, which is a more typical hands-on form of spiritual healing. And then mm. this non-hands-on, which is more like what this guy Cam Ewan did. But this non-hands-on, very intuitive, very fast form of energetic healing. That like I, I've done healing for people in California and I'm in New York, you know, over the phone and, and have gotten amazing results. So, um, But actually, I don't really do 
that much healing work anymore. Um, I still do. And it, it, no, I don't see energy. I'm not like some of these psychic people have you know, spirit telling them what to do or this or that. I'm more, I consider myself more like a claircognizant. I just know things. It just yeah. stuff pops into my brain and I just try and have as much faith and trust in it. And I just let it come out of my mouth. And hopefully I'm not making a fool of myself. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. My kind. That's my kind. Um, <laughs> were you all, did you got into business? Where you, so of course you, you know, were attracted to that as a young person, but earlier than that, were you spiritually inclined, energetically inclined? Were you sort of curious about, well, that was, world as a young person. Well, you know, as a kid, I was probably just a sensitive kid. Right. You know, I was one of those kids who who was, you know, a little little overweight, a little dumpy. I had glasses. You know, I was, a, and people picked on me, and and it just, you know, didn't feel good. And I I kind of retreated into myself. Mm. But um, I remember my my, and I didn't really grow up in a, a overly religious household. I mean, my mom didn't keep a kosher house. I mean, she just would only buy kosher meat. But, you know, we, we did different stuff. But my dad, towards the end of his life, became very religious. And 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 he and and apparently like as all my memories are him being very observant Jew, but my mom told me that like he was you know less religious than she was. Like the first time she ever ate non kosher meat was a date with him. Um, but but he just turned very religious towards the end of his life. And so when it came time for me to like get ready to be bar mitzvah, I was trying to take it seriously. So I took the classes. I would go, he went to synagogue every morning, early in the morning, he'd go in the evening time. And so I went and I, I really studied and I really tried to take it seriously. But then it's like, I'm there in synagogue on a Saturday and these people, they're like the way they pray, they're making these big noises, like they have to be the center of attention. And they're the ones who like drove up in a Cadillac to come to prayer. And I'm like, wait a minute, I thought you're not supposed to drive on Saturday. You know, I thought you weren't supposed to travel. You're not supposed to work, you know, and I just saw all this hypocrisy in, in, in the religion itself. And I didn't feel the spirit. So I was like, ah, oh, this is nonsense. I go, and, and kind of after that, I was kind of like, I don't know what's real, but like, <laughs> this just ain't resonating with me. And then, you know, I was just kind of normal kid. And then I remember in high school when I was a sophomore and this upperclassman, I think it was a, maybe just one year ahead of me. It was a junior or senior. And he's just like, what do you think about reincarnation? And I'm like, I never heard of it. What is reincarnation? And he goes, oh, well, it's kind of like this. And he goes, it's kind of like regular religion thinks like you get to take third grade once. And if you don't pass at the end of third grade, you go to either hell or if you pass, you go to heaven. And he's like, reincarnation is you get to take third grade over and over again until you graduate. Then you go to fourth grade over and over again until you graduate. And then you keep going until you eventually you get to heaven. And it's like, well, that makes a lot more sense to me. <laughs> And, and I remember just being a teenager thinking to myself, you know, if we live in a compassionate universe, and that's an if, it's a big if, yeah. but if we live in a compassionate universe, that just sounds a lot more compassionate than you got one shot at it, buddy. And if you don't get it right, you're spending eternity in hellfire and brimstone. You know, it oh, just, yeah. it just, uh, you say, it sounds as though you had a very similar trajectory as I did as a young person. And back to your, your sense of being intuitive, you just knew that this was, you had a, your finger on the pulse of, of what was correct and what was it, what was just sort of nonsense and, yeah. and an understanding of the adults around you. Well, I was also a little bit of a rebel. I'm the youngest of three kids. So, so I was a rebel. And then also in high school, I had a couple of really weird things happen that you could just not explain, (gasps) you know, it's just one or two things. And then in college, I got put on a very spiritual path. Excellent. Well, this is a great place for us to take a break. We will hear about the spiritual path that Sam got put onto when we come back on the edge of every day and we will also hear about his book and jump back into more information about podcasting when we're back on the edge of every day stay tuned 
Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Sam Leibowitz. And so, Sam, please, 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 let's dive into those experiences that you had. Well, they weren't very pleasant experiences in some ways, but I I, kind of met a bunch of people my first year in college and and a friend who I ended up getting very close with, um, who turns out to be schizophrenic eventually, but um, I learned oh so much about spirituality and Gnosticism and mysticism and ascended masters and channeling and like all this stuff. And I was very much caught up in this whole phenomena at the time. But after about, and, and I even moved in with him and his girlfriend and, and we were all, you know, helping to support them and everything. But after a while, things just went from, from bad to worse and I just had to extricate myself from the situation because I could feel my own sanity starting to slip. And But so much of what I believed in, and I really thought this was real, and there were all these bizarre coincidences, and like, how could this not be real? And so when I, I pulled myself out of it, I just I felt like the cosmic rug had been pulled out from under my feet, and I literally did not know what to believe in. And so I just... I just went to work. I just, I became an entrepreneur. I first, I became a computer consultant and then uh, um, uh, with a friend of mine. And then uh, we started a, a Japanese animation company together where we licensed stuff from Japan and, and, you know, worked together on different things and eventually left that and got into aerospace and, and then um, worked on that for about seven years. And from that kind of hopped into real estate. And it was around that time between going from aerospace into real estate, which real estate was a real disaster for me. All my businesses I felt were very successful because I never lost money at any of them. I didn't necessarily make a ton of money, but I didn't lose my shirt except for real estate. That one killed me. Um, but, but uh, 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 and that was what I was doing right before I, I met Giorgio and, and got the station in the wellness center. But, but it was around that time that kind of slowly but surely the universe sort of nudged me back onto this path and again it was amazing because it was a little bit here a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there and after like two or three years of the little 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 all of a sudden I'm hit deep in it again and if I had been thrown back into it like I was before I would have gone running in the opposite direction go no get me away from this crazy stuff but because it came from more of a, a healing um, angle, 
I was much more open to it and I sort of learned my lesson, so to speak, uh, in a lot of different ways. So it was a long journey. It was probably a good 15 years in between. Hmm, Learned your lesson. What do you mean by that? Learned my lesson of um, that people are people and people are fallible and people have their own internal biases and nobody has the the corner on the truth and that you know to learn to not give up our own agency to someone else or something else or an idea ever or or, or anything and so um you know and i studied with this guy who was an ascension teacher until he got really weird when he came out with his his book and he basically antagonized all the people who were in his inner circle and so almost everyone left uh, and then I, I was part of this mystery school for a while and but it was it came from Europe and it was very old world and very hierarchical and it just after about a year I was like you know good some good stuff about it but some not so good stuff yeah. left that and, and then you, eventually hmm? yeah and then you uh, go ahead eventually and then I was going to say and then I, I sort of found my way now into into this sort of shamanic world and, and learning all about that and and really seeing, and this is why I don't do that much healing work anymore, because it's more about empowering people. And that's really what I'm all about is, is helping someone to heal themselves, not, not relying on me and not thinking I'm their guru, or I'm some amazing person that I can, they can come to me for me to heal them. No, it's about empowering them to be connected to their true inner self. So they find what's right for them. Amen. Absolutely. I have to take a real quick moment. I'm, it's remarkable how similar our paths are. I, mm-hmm. I had a few of those experiences myself. And I think, you know, you know, I, I went to Scientology. Uh, I got pulled in by a friend oh. and, and, and very quickly that was, uh, no, I'm out of here. You know, just a few of those myself, but very much plugged into the, I, I have this within me. And I know I can navigate and I don't need to, you know, and, and I went and I'll potentially chalk up that wisdom to our rebel. Mm. Partially yeah. a, a combo of, of a deep, deep wisdom with don't tell me what to do. <laughs> well, it's anyway. not even, for me, it's not even don't tell me what to do is so you tell me to do that. I'm going in the opposite direction. Right. Exactly. Um, but so now let's let's switch gears you to sure. the podcasting. So you are you are feeling uh, much healthier, empowering people, empowering your clients. And so you you what what made you get what made you decide you wanted to have a radio station? What was it? The chicken, which was chicken before the egg. Did you want your own show first or did you want the business first as a business person? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a much more bizarre than all of that. <laughs> I, I like to say, it, it, I like to say it's a real New York story. I just Ooh. met a guy at a party. Oh my God. That's great. And, it's like and, the old fashioned dating scene. I'm right, so, <laughs> so, so a mutual friend of ours, this guy, Alex, who's like one of these hidden angels, He's like the first person to give me like the DVD of the secret and bar- let- lend it to me. So I watched it and, you know, I ended up being a law of attraction, holding the law, lo- had the largest law of attraction meetup group in New York City for several years. And and so he brings this guy to the party and says, Sam, you got to talk to my friend Georgie. I'm like, oh, OK. And he's got a shaved head and everything. And I could see he's a little awkward in a social situation. I'm just trying to talk to him. I don't know what to say. So I'm just like, so, Giorgio, what do you do? He goes, oh, I'm an acupuncturist. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I know a lot of different practitioners, but not too many acupuncturists. But in his next breath, he goes, but I've decided to become a Buddhist monk and I'm selling off all my worldly possessions. I'm like, oh, that's different. And then we're talking, and I was like, did you sell your practice yet? And he goes, no, not yet, but I'm talking to some people. And I go, well, I network a lot. I know a lot of people. Maybe I can help you to sell your business. He goes, oh, that'd be very good karma for you. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And then we're talking a little bit more. And then he goes, oh, yeah, and I started this internet radio station last year. And I'm like, wait a minute. This sounds a little familiar. Acupuncturist radio station. I'm like, what's your name again? And he says, Giorgio Repetti. And I'm like, 
ah, I know who you are because my friend Larry Sharp does a radio show on your network and he's told me about you, but he's never connected us. A week later, I'm in his office and I'm like, okay, give me, if I'm going to help you to sell this, give me the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I need to know the numbers. What's the potential? What's the downside? We have this two and a half hour meeting. And by the end of the meeting, he's telling me all about his acupuncture and it's classical versus traditional and all this other stuff. And I wasn't overly interested because I'm not an acupuncturist. My wife's a therapist. You know, she's not an acupuncturist. What am I going to do with that? But then he started talking about the radio station. And I have a background in technology. And I've also done a lot of public speaking. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so by the end of the meeting, and I remember the day of the meeting. It's coming up literally on the 12-year anniversary because it was the day of my wedding anniversary. And so uh, I, I like jokingly said to him by the end of the meeting, I was like, this is such a good deal. It's like getting two businesses for the price of one. If I can't find someone to buy your business, we'll buy it. I'll buy it on myself. And we both kind of laugh at it. And I come home that night to talk to my wife. And this is classic, my wife. And I'm telling her all about the meeting and, oh, I can help him sell it and make a few thousand dollars if we can get someone to buy it. She looks at me and she goes, oh, forget helping him to sell the business. I'm like, really? And I was kind of crestfallen because I was so excited about the idea. She goes, yeah. She goes, you know, after our real estate debacle, we may not have much money, but we may as well put what little bit of money we have into a business that's actually making money. Let's just figure out how we can buy it ourselves. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't we do that? Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. So then then you d- clearly bought it and moved forward. Right. And, and you know, when did you start? How, what was the inspiration for your show? How did that all move forward? So, you know, I, I, I of course, like if I'm going to be running a network, I got to know yeah, all this stuff would do it. So I got to have a show. And so I'm like, what am I going to call my show? So at the time he had like the divorce hour, um, the the wellness hour, you know, you, so I was like, OK, well, I'm the conscious consultant. I guess it's the conscious consultant hour. And uh, and I started doing my show and then, you know, I took it over. He kind of trained me. You know, Giorgio was is, he's from Australia. He's a real character. And, and he's like became a Theravadan Buddhist monk, which is like the most ascetic sect of Buddhism. So it gives you a little idea of his personality. And so like one day he'd like show me how to engineer the shows and stuff. And then, you know, I'd try it once and I'm super nervous. And he goes, OK, you got to do all the, the shows tomorrow because I can't come in. Like, really? Like, no. <laughs> like, so anyway, That's so I started. Fire. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But then, you know, he left to join the monkhood. Mm. And so I, I started, I did my thing. I started networking, telling people about it. No one ever heard of it. People started joining the network, had someone, you know, redo the website. I tweaked the business model and, and it did really, really well. And we were up to, you know, we had pretty good amount of hosts, like in, Probably about two, three years afterwards, 2012, 2013, we had some really great shows. Uh, I, had, I had Monty, who was a Jungian astrologer. Uh, Larry Kesebi did his show. I had I had uh, lawyers who were former lawyers. We had the nonprofit show. You know, we had all these great shows. And and actually, at one time, <clears throat> not quite now, but at one time, I had over five hosts who had all been with me over five years. Oh my gosh, Sam. And they had actually, and they, and, and Tony actually stuck with me 10 years and he became the number one nonprofit podcast. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. No small feat. Yeah. Well, this is a great place for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear a little bit about Sam's book. And we are then going to get into Sam's, what, what advice Sam has And I'll share a little about what he shared with me getting ready into podcasting. And when we come back, on the edge of every day. Stay tuned, everyone. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never rained. But it falls on the on edge, the edge of, of every, every day. day. And we are back with Sam Leibowitz. So I want to start with this question, please, Sam, because um, it it so speaks to what you shared with me and the steps and my choices in moving into having a show of my own. What have you learned about yourself having your own show on talkradio.nyc? Well, you know, when you get used to talking into a microphone, Knowing there are people listening, even if you can't see them, it, it does something to your self-confidence. Mm. And you know, I, I got into public speaking when I was in college. A friend of mine encouraged me to come around and join the speech and debate team. And I went to one of the meetings and I met the coach, this guy, Fran, and I loved Fran. He was such a character. And so I, I said, okay, I just, I just want to hang out with this guy. So I joined the team. And I remember giving my first speech. Oh, my God, it was awful. I literally had written out every single thing on these index cards. And my handwriting is awful. It's always been awful. And I could barely read what I wrote. The good news is that was the worst speech I ever gave. And it only got better and better and better the more I worked at it. And it's amazing how much it improves your self-confidence when you're able to speak in front of a group of people, whether it's live, whether it's virtual, it, it really does something to you. And, you know, they say the number one fear that most people have is not death, it's public speaking. Absolutely. Well, and I, I'll take it further. It's, it's, it, it, it's sharing your truth. Even more than that, a presentation coach like me, like you, we can help people get their physical confidence, their vocal confidence, but it's really about stepping out and sharing your truth. And that was really the thing for me in saying yes. And the interesting thing was back when I was competing in college, my favorite kind of competition was the extemporaneous speech. <laughs> where Basically, you'd get like a fortune cookie and you'd have seven minutes, two minutes to prep or, or how many, and then you had to deliver the speech. And I love that. I love the spontaneous, like just talking off the top of your head, that off the cup cough kind of thing. And I love that. And that's what I excel at. So like when I do my show now, I have guests on and they send me books and stuff. I don't prepare questions. I don't want to know what they're going to say ahead of time. I want to bring it out to them in the interview and draw it out of them because I want to be from the same perspective that my listeners are of like, who is this person? I never heard of them and, and really pull it out of them. And so, and, and then one, one time I went to this um, event for talk radio. And I met this guy who used to be one of the producers for Larry King. Mm. And when I told him, you know, the way I did it, he goes, you know, that's the way Larry King used to do his show. He always felt he wanted to bring out the, how interesting it was he'd have somebody else maybe read the book and give him some little notes he would never read the book ahead of time and then if the guest was a good enough interview then he would go and read the book oh i love it well that's a perfect seg for me to ask you about your book Ah. because i have not read his book and Ah. (laughs) 
Well, I, which is amazing to me since all I do, there we go, Everyday Awakening. You and I have talked about it, and I believe I've even asked you, Sam, for a signed mm-hmm. copy. Hello. Um, oh, yeah. You, you Remind me next time you're here. I have yeah. some on the shelf. Cool. Um, yeah, well, it, you know, it's interesting. Like, the idea behind this book was really, this was supposed to be my second book, not my first book. But what happened was the idea behind my first book was going to be taking the transcripts of a bunch of my shows where it was just me not interviewing anybody, but it was just me really kind of trying to define my body of work or whatever, taking those transcripts and then getting those turned into a a manuscript, into a book. And and I worked with this woman who I'd known from my real estate days and she was doing something different now and had all this infrastructure and got me a ghostwriter and reasonably priced. I thought this was great. And then the ghostwriter got in a car accident and then she was laid up in the hospital. She couldn't do any work. And the woman who was managing her couldn't get anything she had done. Like I had several phone calls with her. I know she had started to do an outline and a draft, but she couldn't get anything. So all she would did was just give me back the transcript. So I was like, okay. And that was 2019. That all happened during 2019. So it's the end of 2019. She was very kind. She, she, you know, refunded me the money I'd given her. But 2020 rolls around and I'm like, I got, I just had this feeling I got to come out with a book this year and the pandemic hit. And I'm like, okay. So my second idea for a book was to take my, at the time, six, seven years worth of blog posts and take the best of them and turn that into a book. So then I I worked with someone I know who knows all kinds of people. She got me a professional editor who's helped people to be New York Times bestsellers. And we went through my blog post. It was over 300 and something close to 400 blog posts. And we pulled out 126 of the best blog posts. She helped me to organize it, tighten it up, make it very readable. And I realized afterwards, like, this is really good because people's attention span these days, it's this big. So each section of my book is this short, like page and a half, two pages at most section for people to read. And you know what? You don't have to read it in order. Right. You can like just flip open flip to a first. random page and there's the message for you that day. Oh, I love it. So in terms of you read this book, you start your podcast with a little bit of reading on that. Um, yes. So. Are you working on what your the first idea for your, of a book? Is that N- your, the project you're focusing on now? Not at the moment. You know, I've gotten so much positive feedback on this book that I thought I want to do more with it. And yes, so I'm looking to actually turn the book into maybe a course or, or actually probably several mini courses oh, and, and actually build something more around the concepts and ideas within this book. Again, keeping that short bite-sized type of information, but something that can people can actually use to help improve their life. Will I eventually do one that's, you know, based on transcripts of my show? Absolutely. Um, but I'm not rushing to do it, especially because in the last several years, the station has really taken off. We've got a lot of great hosts. And now, like, people are coming, to, you know, I've started, as you know, doing this online course called Podcast Your Passion yes. for all those people who don't want a done-for-you solution like talkradio.nyc. You know, I, I finally kind of, you know, had a conceptualize it in my own mind. It's like what we do is we're a done for you solution. So we're for those people who are either too busy or not technical enough, and they don't want to figure out how to do a podcast all on their own. And they don't want to bring in all of the different people that do all of these different things. It's under one umbrella. Exactly. But there are a bunch of people who do want to do it themselves. So I want to reach those and I want to help them create better podcasts because there are so many lousy podcasts out there. (laughs) Oh, my God. And there's also some just basic things that, you know, a few tweaks here and there, and it could be so much better. So I really wanted to educate people. So I actually, two years ago, I'd come up with this course, Podcast Your Passion, did very well for a while, but then, you know, I just got too busy and I didn't continue it. And so I've, I've reworked it. I've made it much more action oriented and I just relaunched it. And so now I have something for people who want to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And I have something where people want it done for them as well. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Because, you know, I talk to now that I'm so committed and and have thankfully and wonderfully 
decided that you and I are going to be longtime friends and love Absolutely. the way that you run things here at talkradio.nyc because that was not always the case. Mm. I, you know, as you know, I was not 100% committed when we started, but now as of the first of the year and these courageous conversations, I am all in. But, um, so where can we find you? We've got three minutes to our our ending. Where can we find you? You are ubiquitous yeah, I'm on, all, the, on the interwebs. Yes. <laughs> you are I'm ubiquitous. all over social media. You can search me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm all over Facebook. I even have a Twitter account, though it's not as active. I have Instagram. But you just search for Sam Lebowitz, L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z, um, for my personal brand, I have theconsciousconsultant.com. Um, it, on your favorite podcasting platform, you can search for The Conscious Consultant Hour. We're in everywhere. And of course, I might do my show. You can find me right here on talkradio.nyc. And for the healing work and the coaching work and the other services, uh, doublediamondwellness.com, which also you can shorten it as ddwc.nyc. Fabulous. Well, Sam, I'm so thrilled that you jumped on this show with me this evening. It has been a joy and a pleasure to speak with you and to, and to have everyone hear about what a fantastic platform talk radio is and to contemplate. You've given great advice and great information on contemplating, moving into sharing your voice in a larger way, in a bigger yeah. platform. And in the days that we find ourselves in today, the challenging crossroads that we are facing, we need everyone to rise up and speak out in mm -hmm. deep and profound ways. So and Sandra, I, throw... I just want to thank you because you're one of the hosts who truly embodies the, 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 the attitude that I've worked so hard to instill in the station of community of the hosts working together and like you having me on your podcast again this is like so typical for our station because you know almost all of the hosts on the station have all been guests on other hosts shows mm. and that sense of community and coming together and supporting each other so like we don't have to feel like you're doing a show all on your own and you really embody that and I really appreciate you and I thank you for really oh, um you know, really, you know, living it. And and that to me is what makes the station so unique because I don't see any other podcasting network, internet radio station, anything. I don't see any other station that has the same sense of community that, that we do. And that is the thing I am most proud of with the station. Amen. And that is one of the many things that I am very thankful to have plugged into. So Sam, thank you again. And to all of you listening in, thank you so, so much for spending an hour with us tonight. Remember, you are always, we are always at the edge of the miraculous. So I hope to see you next Monday night. Till then, be well. This is business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 